Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you, Lord, for the subject, the doctrine the Lord has given us to know tonight, knowing the Lord has come from you, that you shall confirm it in that you shall cause each and everyone who hears this word and believes it, live by it, to live long. We pray therefore, Lord, give us teachable spirits, give us understanding, give us humble hearts. And Lord, we might understand thoroughly everything, teaching us even more privately after we've left here. As your name shall be elevated, glorified in your church and indeed in the whole world. Thank you, Lord. For what you're about to do for us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we all be seated? Yes, this evening we begin to look at what I've entitled The Spiritual Basis of Disease, Part 1. You may call it The Spiritual Basis of Disease, Sickness, or Illness. But I've shortened it and made it disease. You can make it a spiritual basis. The spiritual basis of disease, you can add sickness or illness to it. It is the same thing. Whether disease, sickness, or illness, covet everything. So, like I said, this is a subject that is, I think, I believe, and it's true, important, relevant to everybody in this world because we all want to stay in good health and to live long. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. We're going back to the very beginning. Genesis, as you know, means the beginning. So, Genesis 3, 16 to 19. And before I read the text. Um, it, is a word, it is something that is known in medical practice that diseases have a basis. They have a root cause. So in medicine, the basis of disease is what we call pathology. In other words, if you, if you go into any disease or sickness or illness, you go deep into it, at the bottom of it, the root cause of it is you see that there's something wrong with some part of the body. There's something wrong. Something is faulty. There's a fault. Something has gone faulty with some part of the body. And that is how, why it is coming out, manifesting as disease sickness or illness. We're going to go into that. So when we say the spiritual base of disease, it means that 
when you look at diseases, illnesses, and sicknesses, and you look beyond the sickness or the disease, you find there's something spiritually wrong. There's something that is spiritually faulty. And that is giving rise to the disease which we see and which we know. At the bottom of it, the basis of it, the base, the bottom, the root cause of it is something that is spiritually wrong. And we're going to try and walk through the Bible and I'm praying that just as I've known this for a long time, many years now, if we didn't know it today, today, tonight, you know it, and that all who are watching us, whether it's Michelle Camp, Teshin, Nibuetan, or anywhere else on the face of the earth, you also come to this understanding. Because once you understand this, and you apply the solution, then you receive the blessing that God has prepared for you and for me. So, Genesis 3, 16 to 19. The spiritual basis of disease or can say can add illnesses or sicknesses. 3.16 says to the woman he said that God said he's going back to the garden of Eden. To the woman he said I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, <coughs> Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is a ground for your sake. In toil... You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till so you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. This scripture is very well known to every one of us. It's been read over and over and over and over again. But I wonder whether anyone has ever looked at it in terms of the root cause of diseases. God created all things and God looked at his creation and he bowed said, in fact, it was very good. Everything was very good. But what you read here is not anything that is good. You cannot say that what is happening here is anything that comes anywhere near good. Not to mention better or best. Because all the things that are mentioned here were not in existence. They didn't exist. It's not something that God created in the beauty and perfection of his creation. But God had to introduce them into the world, into his creation, because of sin. Because man disobeyed. Man rebelled against the word of God. 
And therefore, God had to pronounce the judgment. Now, we won't talk about the, we won't talk about the serpent or Satan. We'll begin with the woman. Verse 16 says, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. You see, before this time, there was no sorrow. So, for the first time, sorrow was introduced into the world by God. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. And once God says it, that is it. It's established. And your conception. You see, God was not, God didn't make man to bring forth every year, every two years, because man was to live forever. So maybe my understanding was that each woman will probably have one or two or three children because woman was to live forever. But because death had come and life was going to be short, God had to multiply the conception, the number of children that you can have, so that the human race will not become extinct. So, the conception was also multiplied. Sorrow was multiplied, or sorrow was introduced, because sorrow was not there at all. Conception was there, but it was multiplied. Now, again, pain. In pain, for the first time, you know the word pain. In pain, we shall bring forth children. So, pain came in. Pain came in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, because you have sinned, no, because you have sinned, and you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Because you have sinned, in short, curse is the ground because of you. Curse is the ground. The ground is cursed. The ground is cursed because of you. Because of the sin that you committed because of you. Because Adam was tilling the ground. Adam was commanded to till the ground and take care of the garden. So because of you, now the ground that you have been tilling effortlessly, it has been yielding plenty, now is cursed because of you. And because of that, now you shall till and toil and toil and toil and you shall get very little from it. It will not yield what it was yielding before. It will, it will only yield thorns and thistles. What you don't like? Something I cannot eat. That's what it will bring forth. Thorns and thistles. That's what it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the help of the, of the, of the field for all, the, all your life. Now, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. So you return to the ground. Now, the ground which has been cursed, man was supposed to return to it. Note this. So you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For thus you are, and to thus you shall return. Now, the ground that God had cursed because of man's sin, man was to return to it. So man has to return to the ground. Also, the body, the body, the body is the dust, not the soul, not the spirit. It's the, the body. That's the dust. So the body had to go back to the ground that is cursed in a, in a cursed state. Let's put it that way. You cannot sew new cloth into an, into, uh, into an old cloth. It will tear. So the body will have to return to the earth just as the ground was in its cursed state. And this set into motion, this set into motion, the Garden of Eden, the introduction or the spiritual introduction of diseases, 
illnesses and sicknesses that will manifest the way we know them now. But this curse, as a result of man's sin in the Garden of Eden, set into motion the introduction of sicknesses, diseases, into God's creation, which were not originally meant to be there. Hallelujah. Therefore, you see, we can define diseases, we can define diseases as physical impairments of health. A disease or sickness or illness is physical, that's your bodily, it affects your body. And the body must be in health. So when that health is not there, then there's an impairment. There is a reduction. The health has been reduced. Your health has been impaired. So diseases can be, can be defined as physical, that's affecting the body, impairment of health. It means that your health is not as it's supposed to be. That person's health is less than what it's supposed to be. And if God has not intervened or doctors don't come in, then the health, that person's health will continue to deteriorate. And you see, as the person gets more and more disease, sicker and sicker, more and more ill, the body now becomes, you know, like something that's almost useless. And now that body is now ready to go back. Go back to the earth because the body now becomes sick. I know some people in the hospital, when, when they are ill, so ill, that even they, 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 they can't even look at their bodies. Imagine your body is full of sores or, you, I mean, they, they, not the body that are, they don't even want their bodies anymore. Therefore, the body is now as cursed as the ground is. And it might go back to the ground. For out of it, it was taken. Praise the Lord. Until Christ comes when? He will, that's why he will give us a glorified body. Praise the Lord. He will give us eternal glorified body. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. So, what we are saying is because of man's original sin in the Garden of Eden, because of man's original sin in the Garden of Eden, God pronounced his judgment on man with the introduction into the world or into the creation of sorrow, pain, toil, hard work, and getting very little out of it, lack of product productivity, the same as poverty, thorns and thistles. You sow, you work, and it brings for only thorns and thistles. Lack of productivity will lead to poverty. A cursed ground. <laughs> Aging. Growing old. And finally, death. And if you look at these things carefully, you see, every one of these things that are mentioned are caused by diseases. I've never seen anybody who is seriously diseased or sick and is happy. Nobody. That's when, they, when you go to the acute ward, hospital acute ward, the acute ward, that's where they keep them seriously ill. Nobody, nobody is there. They, are, they, are, they, are, they all look so sad. No happiness there. Sorrow. 
Diseases cause pain. Diseases cause most of the things that I've mentioned here. Or conversely, some of these things also can cause disease. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you agree with me, say another amen. amen. Now, when a child is born, each time a child is born, that child, as you know, children are fresh. Fresh. They don't have any, they don't have any sickness. No disease. They go through a maturation process. First, they, be, they grow up. There's a growing up process. Sometimes we, we categorize them or we classify them as the first four weeks of life we call neonates. That child is a neonate. Newly born child. First four weeks of life. Neonate. Then after that, it's a baby. A baby. When the child, when the child grows up, becomes now a toddler, a toddler, and then a small child, a big child, say small girl or big girl, and then a teenager, adolescent, become the person, because that child, after some years, at the age of 18 or 21, becomes a fully grown adult. All that time, that body is maturing, maturing, maturing. After the age of 21, the body is maturing. 18, girls mature earlier than boys. That's why girls are sometimes cleverer than boys. Praise the Lord. Girls at the age of 18, they are mature. Uh, boys go on, boys live under three years, not until 21. So a, a girl of 18 is as wise as a boy of 21. Praise the Lord. But then, as soon as the maturation process is completed, at the age of 21, then there's a growing old process comes in. So it goes like that. 21 by 25, then growing old comes in. You are either growing up or growing old. Praise the Lord. And during the maturation process, the body, the body is made up of all kinds of organs. The heart, the lungs, the intestines, uh, the liver, the brain, bones, joints, all these are now maturing to the point where they are now performing at their, at their peak or optimum or excellent level. But as soon as they complete the maturation process, then they begin to deteriorate. They begin to undergo decay. Decay. And this decay fortunately takes longer than maturation because maturation takes 21 years, but the decay can take about 100 or so years, depending on, I believe, depending on your standing with God. Praise the Lord. Therefore, this growing old process, the growing old process involves 
involves a progressive reduction of body organ function. You see, then the body slowly cannot begin to lose its function. It's not working like before. And then finally, there's what you call multiple, then the organ began to fail. The system began to fail. We know that Isaac, when he was old, he was, he was blind. He had eye failure. Isaac, the father of Jacob, when he was old, he was so blind, he couldn't even identify, see the difference between his two boys, Esau and Jacob. Hello? Praise the Lord. So it's a normal process. These are normal processes. Church, these are normal processes. The growing old process is normal because otherwise then the body will remain so viable, so fresh that it cannot go back. See, the body cannot go back to the, to the earth, to the ground from where it was taken. Hello? But at the age of 150, when you look at a 150-year-old person, 150, Sarah said it. He said, oh, my, my husband is as good as dead. Sarah, referring to Abraham, he said, can he now have children when he's as good as dead? He looked at her husband at the age of 100 years old and uh, he was close to, ready to go back where he came from. And he said, we're going to have a child next year. He's as good as dead. So these are, these are normal process. So somebody who is, at a, who is 90 years or 100 years old, if you complain of back pain, Back pain is part of, part of the normal process that God pronounced. Somebody who is, um, you fall down and break your leg. You fell and broke your leg. It's part of how God made, made things that the leg should be, can be broken. Hallelujah. In that case, what you need is some paracetamol or some brufen. When you have malaria, yes, take anti-malarias, and God will cure you. Praise the Lord. God will heal you. Hallelujah. So there's a, a growing old process. What I'm trying to say, there's a growing old process that comes with its aches and pains. We got to some stage where the, your pancreas, there's an organ what they call pancreas that controls sugar. When it's not working like before, you get diabetes. You get diabetes. If your blood vessels after 50 years, 60 years are now hardened because they're growing up process, you get high blood pressure. So there's a growing up process that can cause diseases, sicknesses, and illnesses. But that's all we are talking about here. Though it still has some relevance to this. That's not what we are talking about here. We are talking about the spiritual basis of disease. Diseases that, are, that, that originate from, from a fault, a faulty spiritual standing. Something that has gone wrong spiritually, and therefore the disease has set in. That's what we are talking about here. Not the normal growing, growing old process. So two things we are talking about here. But we are emphasizing on the spiritual part of disease. Just say amen.
Therefore, you know, you look at the growing up process, the heart, as the person grows old, hypertension, high blood pressure, heart failure can set in. The lungs, lungs can get all kinds of problems related to age, related to age. Liver, yes, kidney, kidneys, ovaries. That's why women get menopause. Menopause is not a spiritual thing. Menopause is not a spiritual. There's no spiritual base for menopause. It's just that the ovaries have finished working. They've done their work. Now they've gone. They've, I mean, they are on retirement. Praise the Lord. So don't come to me and say, Pastor, I pray for my, my God. Uh, pray for you for, for, for menopause. I can't pray for menopause. Hello? Uterus. When the uterus is no longer giving birth, menopause is normal. Prostate. Breast. When we are 70 years old, you can't breastfeed anymore. You can't breastfeed anymore. Even sinner dementia, as time goes on, there's something called Alzheimer's. You know, sinner dementia, old people, when they, are, they, they eat, they forget that they have eaten. You know, you, you give them water to drink, say, oh, as soon as they put a cup down, oh, I ask you for water, where is the water? I mean, they are just finished drinking, they, you know, they are forgotten. So it means that even there's brain failure, the brain begins to fail as age, age cessing. Church, are you with me? Yes. Say amen. amen. Visual failure, I've mentioned Isaac. And that's why the Bible said that, the Bible doesn't say that God wanted to heal Isaac when he was blind. No. Even when, it's too, even when uh, Jacob was deceiving him, uh, God did not intervene because he, he was just blind. It was a normal aging process. So the Bible always said that, oh, now, King David was old and he couldn't even stay warm. Normal. So they had to get a young girl to, for him to embrace in bed to keep him warm. And yet, he couldn't do anything to the girl. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You couldn't touch it, but you give a young girl to a young woman, you see what will happen. But King David was old, everything was, was failing, so he couldn't do anything. There was nothing he could do. So you can see that there's a normal growing up process, and there's something that you can see that mm, this one is not normal. This one, there's a spiritual basis of that, and we're going to now settle on that. Praise the Lord. Therefore, it comes as no surprise to me at all, and it, should, it shouldn't surprise you. That the same God who introduced diseases and death into the world because of man's sin, because of man's sin, is also able to heal diseases and therefore prolong life. Praise the Lord. May God prolong your life. May you all live longer. So when we go to the book of Exodus 20, Verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. The same God who, by his word, by his word, introduced diseases and sicknesses, illnesses, as judgment, punishment for man's sin, 
also has the power to heal the very thing that he spoke for. He can, he can withdraw them from individual to individual. So Exodus 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. That your days may be long. So it means that God, in obeying this word, God again can bless you and cancel, cancel any short life that you are supposed to have. Because he said, honor your father and your mother. So your days will be long upon the land the Lord your God is giving you. That's Exodus 20, verse 12. Now, 1 Kings 3, 14. 1 Kings 3, verse 14. 1 Kings 3, 14. Here's God talking to, talking to Solomon, King Solomon. He said, if you walk in my ways... If you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And how will God lengthen anybody's days? Because we have heard that it is sicknesses and diseases that kill. Even the person who is walking normally and collapses and dies, when they perform, when we perform the autopsy, the person who is, looks, appears normal, then he just falls down and dies suddenly. It's a, we call it a coroner's case. We do autopsy, postmortem. We'll find something that killed that person. So, God is saying that now, Solomon, if you walk in my ways and obey my word, just as your father David did, then I, God, will lengthen your life. Prolong your life. And God does not discriminate. God does not discriminate. I mean, it is, this word is not just for Solomon. Though it was for him, it, is not, it wasn't just put in the Bible only for Solomon. The Bible said that the Bible is written for our instruction, for admonition. It is for all of us. So one way you can prolong your life by avoiding diseases and sicknesses, in other words, is by obeying the word of God, walking in his ways, and then he, God, will decide or may decide to prolong your life. And church, may God prolong your lives. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. Second Kings 20, verses 4 to 7. 2 Kings, chapter 20, 47. 2 Kings, chapter 20, 47. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, we shall go up to the house of the Lord. 
and I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah then then said, take a lamp of it. So they took, a, uh, uh, took and laid it on the boil and he recovered. Here's a case where God himself has said, hello, Hezekiah, this sickness is going to kill you. You're going to die. You see, Hezekiah was expecting that God would heal him. So maybe he was praying that he, he, by faith, he knew that he was going to recover. So God had to say, no, this sickness is going to kill you. You're going to die from this. And that shocked him into prayer. And when he prayed, God, God actually changed his mind. God who had set into motion the progress of death for Hezekiah, now reverse it. God reverse it. And said, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Now, I repent. You shall not die anymore. You are going to live for another 15 years. God was very specific. Another 15 years. Not that I will just lengthen your days. And I said, I will add, I've added to your life another 15 years. Praise the Lord. So, see, God, therefore, has the power. He has authority authority to defeat sicknesses because he pronounced it. Therefore, he has power over it. He has authority over all those things from which people die. And that's why FCSU and I will live long. Amen. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, church, all we are saying that by way of introduction is that spiritual separation from God Know this. Spiritual separation from God is the cause of diseases and suffering. Spiritual separation from God is the cause of unwanted or premature diseases, illnesses, sicknesses, suffering, and death. Therefore, we can if you are spiritual, you see, the doctor will say that, oh, diseases is the physical impairment of health. But we can go beyond that. We can go with that and say, oh, diseases can be defined as spiritual impairment. It begins with a spiritual impairment or a spiritual fault, a fault in the person's spiritual standing with God. And then this manifests as Physical impairment of health. Praise the Lord. Let me say that again. So now we can redefine, we can redefine diseases, sickness, or illness as a spiritual impairment. There's a fault in that person's spiritual standing, begin with. And then that fault, that impairment, that thing that has gone wrong, now brings about brings about an impairment in the person's physical body. And if it's not checked, if it's not remedied, it goes on progressively and finally that body goes back to the ground from where it was taken. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. So 
Anyone, I believe, who wants to live long. You want to live long. Well, God says, that, oh, you are given us 70 years. And if by, by virtue of health, in other words, if he's happy with you and gives you health, you can go to 18, 90. You know, he can decide, he can prolong it for you. He can go beyond the 70. And may God go far beyond the 70 for each of you. But I didn't hear your amen properly. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. There's a scripture we know very well. But I wonder how many understand it very well. And that is 3 John verse 2. 3 John verse 2. This scripture we know very well, but do we all understand it very well? 3 John verse 2. 3 John verse 2. I want you all to open there before I read. 3 John verse 2. Third John. Get into Revelation, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. You see? So, being in health is closely linked up with the prosperity of the spirit. So here is actually the spirit. So, in other words, I pray that you prosper in all things. You prosper in all things. Not only that, but you also be healthy. Stay in health. Live long. Ask your soul. Ask your spirit also prosper. In other words, without the prosperity of your soul, without the prosperity of the soul, one cannot be in health. And be in health as your soul prospers, as your spirit prospers. Now, let's look at how the NIV puts it. We don't have the NIV, don't worry, I'll read it for you. NIV. The, the, the New International Version. I'll read it for you. Third John, verse 2, NIV says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you just as you, just as you are progressing spiritually. If you have an NIV, you see it there. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and may you all enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. But then it all depends on just as you are prospering spiritually. So your spiritual prosperity, your spiritual standing has a lot to do with your health. In other words, whether you are sick, you are diseased, you have an illness or not. Now, what we have said now, all that we have said has to do with the man's original sin. You see, this, this started from Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sin. That's the original sin. Pass on. That exposed us all to the cares, ground, pain, sorrow, and all these things. But now, there are some things now, some actual sins, some sins that we also commit. Though now, you know, Adam, that, that sin, we are all 
separated from the glory of God. Now, there are some things that we also can, we ourselves can, can do. And that to immediately usher in, that to open the door for some sickness, some disease that you have not even imagined to just come upon you, bang, like that. Yes, are you getting me clear? So you all be very careful. Now, so now man's actual sin. In addition to Adam's and his original sin, I see that was not enough. Now, our own sins also are a doorway for us to be afflicted. We look at a few examples. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings 5. And we look at some things there. 2 Kings 5. 25, 27. 2 Kings chapter 5. Kings 5, 25, 27. 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning from verse 25. Now, he went in and stood before his master. Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant did not go anywhere. Your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, did, I, did, not, did, did not my heart go with you, did my spirit go with you? Sorry. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence leprous, as white as snow. So look at Gehazi. Gehazi was guilty of greed. Greed. Covetousness. Dishonesty. And lies. Lies. Deception. Lie to Naaman. Deceive Naaman lied to Elisha and deceived Elisha and therefore lied to God, trying to deceive God. And he was punished. Punished with leprosy. So out of Gehazi's sin, of, of these sins, many sins, he became, he walked away as white as snow. Leprosy. Direct disease came upon him. He said, for you and your descendants. Now, look 12, verse 15. Lose God's put at 12. Verse 15. Jesus said, this is what Jesus is saying. Verse 15. Luke 12, 15. He said, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Covetousness, greed, dishonesty, lies. These all go together. Lies. The Bible states categorically, clearly, that God hates these things. So we should not 
We should not indulge in these things. So anyone who did this, you open the door for something to happen to you. Diseases, sicknesses, illnesses, as it happened to, to, um, to Gehazi, as you see here. Now, look at Colossians before then, let's go to John's Gospel, 8.44. John 8.44. John 8.44. John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 44. John 8.44. These days we tell lies easily. We are so dishonest. We are so covetous. Even amongst believers. Covetous, greedy, so John 8, 44, are you there, somebody? This is Jesus speaking again. He said, you are of your father the devil. You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Lying is equated to the devil. So, as a child of God, having confessed Christ, even those who are in the world, lying, deceiving, dishonesty, cheating, all these things open a door wide for the, some of these things to come upon them. And then Colossians 3, 9. Colossians 3, verse 9. Colossians 3, 9. Colossians 3, verse 9. Very clear. Just, just one sentence. Colossians 3, verse 9. Colossians 3, 9 says, Do not lie to one another. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, the old man with his deeds, if you say you have put them off, then don't do anything, any of these things. Because you have put them off, you are protected. The moment you, you lie, you put on the old man again. And you are no longer protected. God, God, God covering is no longer upon you. Now, before I sit down, let's look at Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts of the Apostles 5. 1 to 11. I'll read it quickly. Acts 5. 1 to 11. We know it, but I'll go by it again. Acts 5. 1 to 11. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? Just say to lie. To the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And a young man rose, arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. 
Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together, you and your husband, to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. These days you may not fall down dead after lying. I pray, I pray not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I'm not the one who, I cannot guarantee it. It's God who does it. Lying. Hello? Now, finally, let's go there. We've got Second Chronicles 21. Second Chronicles. Chapter 21. Verses 12 to 20. 2 Chronicles 21. Trying to go very fast, but there's so much. We're almost at the end. 2 Chronicles 21. 12 to 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 21. Beginning from verse 12. And a letter came to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Elijah wrote to the king, That said the Lord God of your father David, Because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, or in the ways of, of, of Asa, king of Judah, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and have made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot, at the hallowed tree of the house of Ahab, of Ahab. And also have killed your brothers, those of your father's household, who were better than yourself. Behold. Just say behold. The Lord will strike your people with a serious affliction. Now because of your sins, God is going to strike you with an affliction. Your children, your wives, and all your possessions. And you will become very sick with the disease of your intestines until your intestines come out by reason of the sickness day by day. Mm. Just say, mm. <laughs> until your intestines come out. You are alive, but your intestines are coming out mm. day by day. Verse 16. Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians who were near the Ethiopians. And they came up into Judah and invaded it and carried away all the possessions that were found in the king's house. Now when the king was rendered, became poor. Rendered poor. So that there was not a son left to him except Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. After all this, the Lord struck him in his intestines with an incurable disease with an incurable disease. Then it happened in the course of time. After the end of two years, so he suffered for two years, that his intestines came out because of his sickness. So he died in severe pain. Shall I say pain? Hmm. 
And his people made no, and his people made no burning for him. That they're burning for his fathers. Now, he was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years. So he died at the age of 38. To no one sorrow departed. However, they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Here was this, this evil king <laughs> at the age of 30. He was struck with cancer of the intestines. The, the description looks to be like cancer. Cancer. There's something you call colorectal cancer. It's very, he says it's incurable and it's painful. And it came out. So it kept growing and growing and growing and growing until finally it just burst out. Burst out. Terrible. Because of the sins that he committed, God struck him with this. Many years ago, I met a certain man when I was working in the hospital. He came to me. This man was apparently a very prosperous surveyor. He had a surveying firm, and he had many surveyors under him. Government contracts, even international contracts. He was very wealthy. But he did not believe in God. He said there was no God. And if you dared to mention God to him, he, get, he got angry. He didn't believe in the very, in, even not in the existence of God. He was so young, maybe very early, late, late 30, just like this. You know, then he did not cancer of the thigh muscle, the thigh. Very rare. Thigh muscle, myosarcoma. Just cancer of the thigh muscle. It's very, very rare. I've not seen one before. It's the only one I've seen in all my 40 something years of being a doctor. And it was growing, growing out like a mushroom. It's like, you know, how you see how this, when atomic bomb, how it got boom. How, it was, that's how it's going. So it's a fun, we got a, a fungating, fungating lesion, fungating cancer. And this man tried doctors. Doctor said they couldn't help you. Incurable disease, painful disease, as you read here. It's incurable and it's painful. But may it never happen to anyone in FCAC. And whoever listening to this teachings, may it never happen to you in the name of Jesus. Then this man now went to a prayer camp. He went to Mount prayer camp. Can you believe that? To be prayed for. Prayer camp to be prayed for. And he spent, I don't know how long he was there. Now, there's God. Somehow, now, there's God. And some pastor there may have told him that, oh, maybe he had been there for too long. So now you can go, God has healed you. So this man came believing that God had healed him. And that's when he came to me. And he said, oh, I should just... God said, I should just clean it for him because God has healed him. So I was just, I said, oh, my friend, God has not healed you. The sin is still there. It's growing. It's coming out. Oh, what is coming out? God is taking out. Now it's God, 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 God. Not, he will not say one sentence without mentioning God. He said, what is coming out? Because God has healed me. God is now clearing everything inside and bringing it out. I said, God is not clearing anything. If, you, if anything, you are, you are being cleared. 
So I offered to do a, what you call a disarticulation of the hip. The only way that could save him was to, to remove the entire leg with the buttock. We call it disarticulation, to just remove, remove everything, the whole leg from the thigh, everything, throw it away. It was all useless. And the man said, no, 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 no. Ah, God has healed me. God, now anything you say, now you say God. Anything I say, you answer with God. I said, my friend, God has not healed me. God has healed me. God has not healed me. God has healed me. If you say God has healed you, so he even got angry and left. Not long after, 31st December, watch night, that's when he died. I was there when some, a nurse in the hospital called and said, oh, doctor, do you know that this man had died? That was 31st of December, the last year of the year, that's when he died. He didn't believe in God. In fact, he was very much against God. It was against God. The very mention of God or Christ made him so furious, enraged. So you can imagine. No covering whatsoever. So what we are saying here that, beloved, yes, when you look at any disease, any disease, and you should, you should probe, go deep into it at the bottom of it, you will find a spiritual fault. There's something spiritually wrong. And that's why and how when we pray to God for his mercy and grace, God heals us and may God continue to heal us. May God continue to heal you. I mean, if, if God had nothing to do with it or, you know, God had no power about it, but because God put nothing from the Garden of Eden, and also, we open the doors, so God is able to forgive us and then take it away. Therefore, we get our healing instantaneously. And I always wonder that the fact that we have a pathological basis of disease. Now, when you look at, someone comes and he, 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 can't move, he can't move the shoulder. The shoulder is frozen. It's frozen. It's stiff, painful. He can't move it. If we should open the, the shoulder, if you cut open and look, you'll find something there. You'll find some pathology. Something is wrong with the, with the joint. And that is what we call the pathological basis of disease. So that's the basis for that frozen shoulder. And when you do surgery and remove it, the shoulder will be okay. But it's costly. It costs a lot of money. And you need an expert surgeon to do it. Then that person comes to church before God. We pray and then God heals him. So, what has happened to the pathology? If after healing we should go in there, will we still find anything there? <laughs> no. It's a mystery, isn't it? It's a mystery. And that should lead you and me, and whoever you, are, you listen to this, if you, are, if you have not seen it before, you may think that is oh, it's all um, fantasy. But it's real. And we see it all the time. We see the power of God doing, making possible what man thinks is impossible. So if it hasn't happened to you before, you may think it's fantasy, you think it's a tale, a fairy tale, but it's real. And that's all because there's a spiritual basis. And once the spiritual basis is corrected, corrected, then the disease goes away. Praise the Lord. So, the conclusion that you and I 
You and I, therefore, having heard this and now knowing this, must be very careful. Now, we don't do anything that will jeopardize our health because we have jeopardized our spiritual standing before God. This is not to say that the growing up process is not there. It's there. Growing up, I mean, if, well, I used to have very bushy hair. Very bushy hair, like what do you call Afro. Afro. But now, my head has gone bald. You can't pray. I cannot say pray for me for my head to come back. It's part of the aging process. Hello? But if I should wake up tomorrow and um, there's something, ah, this one, no, no, this one is not a part of the aging process. I know that there's a spiritual basis. Then I pray and God will heal me. I mean, God heal you all in the name of Jesus. Have we learned something today? And put your hands right for Jesus. Clap your hands for Jesus. Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday.